Axis Mundi. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco. I'm here today with Reverend Nathan Emsall. So we're going to talk about a lot of things, Reverend Nathan, but uh, let me just say thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm a, a long-time listener, first-time caller, I guess. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell folks about you. You are an Episcopal priest and the executive director of Faithful America, a leading expert and writer on Christian resistance to Christian nationalism. You're also a recent member of the Episcopal Church's Task Force on Care of Creation and Environmental Racism. Um, now, your website says you have visited 44 states. I want to know, what are the states you have not visited? And we got, we're going to try to find a way to get you there. <laughs> uh, Alaska and Hawaii. Um, there's a, I, I don't count airports, so Nevada. Like I've looked out at the Strip many times, but even though we're going to talk about Nevada a lot today, I haven't actually been. And then this chunk in the middle, Kansas, Missouri, and odd for a native Texan, but Oklahoma. Okay. Got and, it. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I was just in Texas and I can understand that Texans, uh, you know, they don't go to Oklahoma and Oklahomans think of Texas as their mean big brother. So um, that one makes sense. Um, There's some jokes I'm not going to share on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll leave it for now. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about Faithful America's protest of the Reawaken, Reawaken America tour and some of the ways that you partnered with a bunch of organizations and others to to protest uh, the event that did happen in Vegas this last week. Let's talk about Reawaken America. I think a lot of people listening will be familiar with the, the tour, uh, but tell us about your perspective on Reawaken America. I mean, wh what is it in your mind exactly? Where to start? Uh, the Reawaken America Tour, which has the unfortunate or fortunate, depending on how you look, acronym of RAT, uh, is just this this nasty road show. It is probably the best or worst example, the, certainly the most blatant example of Christian nationalism outside of legislatures since the January 6th insurrection, which it's very tied to. So roughly once a month, a little less often now, but, but for a while there, once a month, Mike Flynn, Eric Trump, and this whole host of uh, celebrities within the MAGA Christo fascist movement, as well as celebrity pastors from within the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, they go on tour. They used to visit mega churches. Now they're trying to find bigger venues. And they spend two days to an audience of 5,000 mixing baptisms and praise music with election denial, QAnon conspiracy theories. And defenses of January 6th and the threat of more political violence. And all of this is done in Jesus's name. For a while, they were called Christian nationalists. Now they're calling themselves Christian nationalists. This is also sort of the, the parent organization of Pastors for Trump. So when you hear about Pastors for Trump, they're using Reawaken America's organizers studio. They're bringing on Flynn and Roger Stone and Eric Trump and other regular Reawaken America speakers. Basically, Pastors for Trump is a Mike Flynn subsidiary. I think the thing that you said there at the beginning is actually really uh, uh, the best way for me to understand it is this is a marriage of Christianity and nationalism 
that really, if you wanted to put in a textbook, what is Christian nationalism? Mm-hmm. Uh, you would basically point to the Reawaken America tour. As you said, they do baptisms. And yet when you visit there, there is just this ultra nationalist display. And a lot of it is tied to Trumpism. Uh, as you say, you have Mike Flynn, but you also have people showing up like Alex Jones at various events or Mike Lindell. Uh, you know, you might get, yeah, Eric Trump or another member of the Trump family. Uh, here's what you wrote recently in uh, Religion News Service about the event. And I think this is a great summary. Um, you say that the Reawaken America Tour is a political rally in the form of an apostolic revival. The tour is a multi-day Christian nationalist event that includes uh, includes appearances by pastors for Trump, praise music, and even baptisms combined with election denial, COVID-19 disinformation, and QAnon conspiracy theories. And I think those last parts are really... Uh, really important to keep in mind, right? So we have an event that is really blatantly Christian. Hey, we're going to do baptisms. It's blatantly nationalist. It's Trumpist. Uh, you have all of the Trump kind of acolytes and uh, and uh, proxies appearing on the stage. But then flowing from there, COVID misinformation, conspiracy theory, election denial, and you see all the tentacles flowing out. And so uh, it really is quite insidious. One of the things you've argued in the past is that Reawaken America Tour gives people permission to do violence in Jesus' name. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think that the threat of political violence is Reawaken Reawaken America's biggest threat. And it's rarely explicit, though sometimes it is explicit. So there was this guy uh, on almost every stop of the tour until recently. uh, His name is Scott McKay, but he goes by the name Patriot Street Fighter. Uh, sort of an Instagram influencer, former MMA artist. Came out that he's a fan of Adolf Hitler. So Eric Trump had him jump, uh, booted from the tour for bad optics. But McKay, well before they dropped him from the tour, gave him an interview on camera at Reawaken America where he said that just like any, citing the Black Robe Regiment, saying just like any pastor from 1776 dropped his Bible and picked up a musket, I'm going to put balls and bullets in the doctors and nurses who support the vaccine. And that's in the name of Jesus Christ. So that was an explicit threat. I mean, he, he said he was going to put, quote, balls and bullets in people. Then last time at Reawaken America in May at Trump Doral, Pastor Mark Burns, who Time Magazine has called Trump's top pastor, said the Bible says that the violent take it and we're going to take it by force. So equating himself with the word violent in a threat of what they're going to do with America and with elections. And then this past weekend, when we're recording, was just this past weekend in North Las Vegas, Another one of the also rants, but who shows up over and over again to fill the undercard and build up the crowd for Mike Flynn and Eric Trump. This guy by the name of, I think it was uh, Stu Peters. I hadn't heard of him before, but he's been on the tour for a while. And he's one of those guys whose main hustle was trying to get you to buy gold and, and, and uh, you know, one of the few kind of advertisers left on Fox News. But he was up there talking about how they want to kill Hunter Biden and Dr. Fauci. And of course, he, he said, we're going to put them on trial, but we're going to try them for treason. And then he like yells the word death for Hunter Biden. He goes on and on about the rope they're going to use for Dr. Fauci, reveling in the desire to kill people. So there, there's no following the Prince of Peace here. There's no saying those who live by the sword die by the sword. Forget Jesus Christ. That's, that's when they're explicit. For the most part, it's not about the way they get explicit. Remember the headliner of Reawaken America's Mike Flynn, who under oath to the January 6th committee refused to say that the violence of the failed coup on January 6th was unacceptable or that it was wrong, either legally or morally. 
Well, sometimes they go beyond say, refusing to say it was wrong. They bring out January 6th participants. They bring out the family of Ashley Babbitt, uh, who, who died on January 6th. And they, they treat her family like heroes. They treat her like a murder. They treat all of the uh, political prisoners as, I mean, all of the prisoners as political prisoners, the rioters, the insurrectionists, and they treat them like what they did was justified. Then they use rhetoric like armor of God, spiritual warfare, everything that we, you've explored on this show or that's uh, featured in the code, all those phrases. They tell the crowd that they're on God's side and they demonize their political opponents. Their political opponents, of course, are anyone who's not a right-wing white evangelical, maybe Catholic Christian, like Mike Flynn is Catholic. And so they've started saying, you're either a Christian nationalist or a godless globalist. And of course, globalist, we'll talk about this later maybe, is an anti-Semitic trope, sort of a dog whistle. But they set up this, this binary where you're a Christian nationalist or not, which is really ironic because we know how the religious right loves to play their victim, loves to act like they're religiously persecuted. But by saying you're either a Christian nationalist or godless globalist, they're not just attacking non-Christians. They're erasing the black church tradition. They're erasing mainline Protestants. They're erasing progressive uh, Catholics. So when they use all this language, like harbor of God and, and spiritual warfare, and tell their audience, Clay Clark, the organizer, says this all the time, you're on team Jesus, they're on team Satan. And by them, he, he means not Christians, but he also means progressive Christians. And he means uh, Democrats, including Christian Democrats. When they use this language, and of course, talk about this in amendment, they don't have to put out a call to violence. They let the audience connect the dots. Then they can wash their hands of the whole thing. But we all know what just happened. So that's what I call a permission structure for political violence in Jesus's name. And because it's in Jesus's name, they think anything goes. It's all right. It's all divinely blessed. I, one of the things that I um, am keenly aware of with Rotary Reawaken America is, as you say, they, they're talking about uh, Jesus as... Um, you know, they're doing baptisms. It, this, this, there's no implicit Christianity here. This is, we are an altar call, plus we are a political rally. So let's put it all in context. On Thursday, Trump's indicted and arrested for, you know, he goes in and turns himself in for the fourth time. On Friday, the Reawaken America tour begins in Vegas and it, they've taken a summer break and they kind of restarted it. And here they are all in Vegas having this tour. We've got Mike Lindell and Mike Flynn and everyone we just talked about. And then we've got a situation where they're saying, you're team Jesus, they are team Satan. Think about how they just reduced the world into this just absolutely uh, binary kind of approach to there's no, there's no in between, there's no interfaith dialogue, there's no sense of like living with each other, even though we're different, it is just team Jesus or team Satan. And that comes down to things like COVID vaccines and, and information mm -hmm. It all and conspiracy theories and QAnon, which we can get into, but it also is a lot to do with anti-Semitism, and I think that might be something that people are are not maybe expecting or wouldn't put the pieces together automatically. Uh, when somebody on the stage at Reawaken America tour says something about a globalist or a one-world government, can you help us understand why that is a an anti-Semitic trope, uh, as you've talked about in, a, in your recent op-ed at Religion News Service? Yeah. So the phrase globalist generally means coded anti-Semitism. This is according to the American Jewish Committee, among others. Uh, the phrase has been around a long time. Most of the time, when folks who use that word uh, are, they, they don't say who they mean. But when they get explicit and tell you who they mean, 
they almost always name almost exclusively, certainly disproportionately, Jews or Jewish families, usually Jewish bank. When we hear about people kind of attacking the Rothschilds and the Morgenthau's, they're almost always naming these Jew, Jewish communities and Jewish families that supposedly run the world secretly. And they tap into all those age old anti-Semitic tropes and stereotypes about secretive uh, Jewish leaders with their money controlling us like puppets. George Soros is, is one of the latest ones. That's a, another one where, you know, it's one thing to criticize billionaire donors. And yet almost every time when they talk about the billionaire donors on the left, they only name one and they even call him out as an atheist Jew. So if the issue was that he's a billionaire donor to a cause you don't like, why are you pointing out his faith or lack thereof or his ethnicity? Uh, so these terms, globalist and Soros, they could be taken literally but and, and not have any negative connotation to them. You could say the United Nations is a globalist conspiracy, but that's not the case. They're almost always tapping into a history of anti-Semitism. Now, Clay Clark is the guy who organizes Reawaken America, partnered with Flynn to make this happen. He's, he's a businessman, an entrepreneur from Oklahoma. He's a grifter extraordinaire. And for the most part, it seemed like when he was talking about who he met by globalists, he was he would, the, would name one name, maybe two, maybe George Soros. But for the most part, he focused on Klaus Schwab, who is definitely not Jewish. I was raised Catholic. His father was, I believe, a Nazi collaborator. The guy is not Jewish. Uh, he's tied to the, the World Economic Forum at Davos. And Clark would focus on him for all the COVID-19 conspiracy theories. Well, they've now added a second name to their conspiracy theory with Klaus Schwab. And it's this guy named Yuval Noah Harari, who is Israeli, who is culturally, ethnically Jewish. So as soon as they had a second name, you couldn't help yourself. It's, of course, it's a Jewish person. So they tried to hide the anti-Semitism. They tried to have a new boogeyman in faith, but they fell right back into it so quickly. 50% of the folks they're naming Jewish, 50% of the world population, you may publish is not Jewish. It's what, 2% or less. So very disproportionately attacking and playing into these old one world stereotypes. And I'll say this, when Re Faithful America first took note of the Reawaken America Tour, about the same time a lot of folks did, which was in November, 2021, when Michael Flynn at the stop of the tour said that, uh, America should have only one religion. One nation under God means one religion. That's an attack on all non-Christians. It's an attack on the separation of church and state. That got a lot of attention. What almost no one has called out was he set this at Cornerstone Church in San Antonio, which is known for its founding pastor, John Hagee, who was an avowed Christian Zionist. And there is some debate around whether or not you consider Christian Zionist. I certainly do. John McCain certainly did. It had to drop Pastor Hagee and Hagee's endorsement from the 2004 presidential campaign, 2008 presidential campaign, uh, because of that Christian Zionism. So you're, you're proclaiming we need one religion, not Judaism, in a church known for an anti-Semitic pastor. And that set the tone for everything that followed, including Alex Jones rejoining the tour this past weekend, despite supporting Ye and his anti-Semitic grant, the artist formerly known as Kanye, making some anti-Semitic grants of his own in the past. They've even brought on Roseanne Barr, who's been in trouble lately for making jokes about how Jews need to die now because they didn't Holocaust calling Zelensky a bad Jew, or maybe she said he's not a good Jew. Now, Roseanne Barr is Jewish. I can't and won't call her anti-Semitic. But of all the comedians they could have chosen to join the tour in Vegas, Clark and Flynn and Eric Trump picked the one Jewish comedian making jokes against Jews 
for a non-Jewish audience to hear. So that may not say anything about Roseanne, but the selection of her sure says something about Mike Flynn and Eric Trump. Uh, and the fact that they only kick people off the tour when they start praising Hitler on YouTube. That's the lie. Okay, now you said the most quiet part out loud. But anything shy of that, you can stay on the tour for as long as you want. One of the terms you've used today and you use in your writing is that the Reawaken, Reawaken America tour seems to represent something that we can identify as Chris, Christo-fascism. Now, we talk about Christian nationalism a lot on the show. I've written a book about it. You know, it's in the ether, this idea of Christian nationalism. What, what to you is helpful about calling this Christo-fascism? I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm uh, uh, by any means, uh, what I'm what I'm wondering though is for you as a as a minister, you're a Christian person, you're a Christian leader, you're a priest in the Episcopal Church. Why why does calling this Christo fascism seem important to you? Sure, there are a couple parts there. Uh, I call it. I have started calling it fascism since reading the book by Yale professor Jason Stanley, "How Fascism Works: The Politics of Us Versus," and uh, Stanley lays out how fascism, we think of fascism as a form of government with an authoritarian ruler who wraps himself up in ultra-nationalism. But Stanley points out that fascism isn't just a form of government. Fascism is also the style of politics which, with those authoritarians, take power. So dividing us through us versus them tactics, appealing to this idea of a mythical past that was better uh, and that they took from you and I'll give back to you, so make America great again. What were the 50s great? Shouldn't we go back to the 50s? That kind of appeal or in the 1930s in Germany. Oh, it was so great before World War I, but our leaders stabbed you in the back. The great stab in the back conspiracy uh, when they surrendered at the end of World War I and all of the economic woes that have followed are because this, this great glorious path that disappears because you were betrayed. Uh, and the only way out of this is to villainize other communities that have an in-group to, to villainize uh, certainly LGBTQ folks, political opponents, always Jewish community, professors, intellectuals, uh, and trust in me. That's what fascism really is. And there are so many parallels between the MAGA movement in the United States and all these historical authoritarian and fascist movements. And what that first clicked for me was when I made my first trip abroad ever was in 2017. And I went to Germany. I was there for, uh, with the Episcopal Church for the annual UN climate conference, the COP conferences. And it, it was in Bonn. And when that was over, because I'd never been abroad before, I, I took an extra week and I went to Munich. Munich is this great place to be able to go see Austria, another country to enjoy a historical city, and to go visit Dachau, to go see a concentration camp. Uh, not one of the biggest, but the first, the one where they tested all their new tactics. This was 2017. Donald Trump had been in office for 11 months. This was the week before Thanksgiving. And everywhere I looked at Dachau, the, the exhibits were old. They were not 11 months. And yet I kept seeing what looked like Trump quotes, but were Hitler quotes or top third right quotes. Uh, the way that Donald Trump would talk about the fake news, Hitler and Goebbels would talk about the lying press in, in Germany. The way that Hitler was uh, used to demonize judges is how Donald Trump was demonizing judges at the time. And in the back corner of that count is, I don't want to use the word shrine, but almost a shrine, but like a religious exhibit with a little chapel and a look at how different religions both were complicit in and opposed the Holocaust. And you start learning and reading about Hitler and the Deutsche Christian and how he 
took over uh, large chunks of the, the German church. And of course, there was the confessing church and Dietrich Bonhoeffer that opposed him. Although Bonhoeffer was great. We should all be like Bonhoeffer. But even many of the Christian leaders who opposed Trump, and there were hundreds of Catholic priests locked up in Dachau, many of them so only did so because of the way he opposed the Christian church's freedom of speech or the way he, he hurt the disabled. They were really good about speaking up for the disabled, but not for the political opponents, for LGBTQ folks, rarely for Jews. And you start seeing parallels between Hitler and the village Christian, between uh, Pontius Pilate and the Pharisees and other religious leaders in the Bible, between uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russian Orthodox Church, and between the Republican Party, especially Trump, but really the Republican Party since Reagan, and white evangelicalism in the United States. So there are these patterns of how religious leaders, usually conservative religious leaders, align themselves with authoritarians to taste power, usually in these fascist regimes. So to name the MAGA movement as Christo-fascism shows us exactly who we're talking about through history. You know, we're, we're tired of hearing Dick Durbin and Rick Santorin call each other Hitler and Nazis. I mean, politics always had that. And so there's a boy who cried wolf effect but we're really there. The wolf is here. And when I saw that in history, that's when, and, and when I read Jason Stanley's book, I said, that's why we've got to call a spade a spade. And I think it's important to call it Christo-fascism instead of fascism to remind us specifically of the tools they're using, of the religious hijacking of the ways that th this is not a religion. This is a political ideology co-opting the words and symbolism of religion. And I will say as executive director of Faithful America, our, our main mission right now is building a multiracial democracy and reducing uh, the role of white Christian nationalism in this, in this country of opposing Christian nationalism. The biggest question I get about Christian nationalism, you know, Jamar Tisby and Doug Paget, friends of mine, both say the two biggest questions they get are, what is it? And how do I talk to Christian nationalists in my life? I would say those are the second and third questions I get. The biggest question I get is, if it's not Christian, why do you call it Christian nationalism? And one answer is, of course, well, because they're trying to build a Christian, so-called Christian nation, just like white nationalists want to build a white nation. It doesn't mean all white folks like that, or that is Christianity. It's just a reference form of nationalism. But the other thing is we as Christians need to realize that we are the ones who need to speak up and speak out because it is our faith being hijacked by the fascists, by the, the white nationalists. And so we can't just call it white nationalism. We can't just call it fascism. To call it Christo-fascism is a reminder to progressive Catholics and mainland Protestants that our Jewish and Muslim and atheists and Buddhist and indigenous sisters and brothers and siblings are counting on us to play a role in the solution. And so is Jesus Christ. So we're talking in the context of the most recent uh, Reawaken America tour stop, which was in Vegas. However, Reawaken America has been happening for uh, a year and a half uh, to two years. And mm -hmm. one of the things you've done at Faithful America, along with several other organizations, is you've protested at, at almost every stop of the Reawaken America tour and helped local pastors on the ground organize to protest. So can you tell us about that? We had the opportunity at Straight White American Jesus to be part of one of these when you uh, had a, a protest at uh, Trump's Miami Doral, Miami Doral uh, property and the Reawaken America tour stopped there. And, and we were happy and glad and so thrilled to be part of that protest. What have you been doing as the tour has gone on to uh, not only protest the tour, but also help local uh, leaders uh, organize in the face of it? Absolutely. The, the number one thing we've done, uh, not the most important, but the most visible and easiest thing 
is petitions. We have petitions, when, when, whether the tour is at a church or a private venue or a public venue, different forms of petitions, sending 20,000, 30,000 signatures uh, to venue owners saying, don't get this kind of hatred, election denial, weird conspiracy theories about Jeffrey Epstein's DNA. Don't give this your platform. It's entitled the free speech, not your platform. And we've gathered tens and tens of thousands of signatures. We always send a mobile billboard. And that was in North Las Vegas this past weekend. The billboard calls out Mike Flynn, Eric Trump, Sean Foy, Greg Locke, and others on the tour as the false prophets they are. And it says, stop undermining our democracy. No, it, it, it says two things. One says, stop undermining our religion to attack democracy, twisting our religion to undermine democracy. The other side of the billboard says, Jesus warned us about the Reawaken America tour. Then it quotes the Gospel of Matthew. Beware of false prophets who come to you as sheep, but are uh, in sheep's clothing. So that, that mobile billboard is always there. Mike Flynn has complained about it from the stage. I was told that a number of folks at, in North Las Vegas were asking security to remove the billboard from the park, but they were at a public park. Anyone could be there. So they, they had to just deal with the billboard. And in almost every city, sometimes it, it's tough because, you know, August, big vacation month, but in almost every city, we help local pastors who want to speak out uh, by showing them how to submit op-eds, how to speak to the press, and we help them hold a press conference. And press always shows up. They always listen. The press loves to both sides, most issues, which is great because for so long, they had a both-sided religion. Just listen to Franklin Graham and Tony Perkins tell them there's only one kind of Christianity. Well, the press, at least the local press, tends to come out to these press conferences and listen to the local clergy, Episcopal bishops and Methodist supervisors and superintendents and others among them, Catholic sister at one event. They listen to these faith leaders say, this is not our faith. Where Christian nationalism and reawaken America spreads political violence, we follow the Prince of Peace. Where it spreads hatred, we spread love. Where it spreads QAnon misinformation, Jesus teaches that the truth shall set you free. That's key to Faithful America's work. We're not out here teaching you how to talk to your Christian nationalist uncle. That's important and vital and others can do that. But we are, when people start deconstructing their faith and walking away from Reawaken America because they met Jesus, they actually read the gospel. We're here to show no, no, that is not the only kind of Christianity. There are other places to land. When Franklin Graham or Reawaken America tell you, you have to be just like them politically, if you are Christian, our mere existence at these press conferences proves otherwise. We've also been helping a number of pastors hold prayer vigils on the night of Reawaken America. We tend not to hold direct protests outside Reawaken America venues because these are COVID super spreader events and they are allowing people to think political violence is okay. We don't want our members to get sick. We don't want to risk any sort of confrontation, but we will have peace vigils and prayer vigils at churches the night before across the region. And I'll have one venue, we'll have 10 churches holding these prayer vigils. I've gone to two of our press conferences. This is, these are local press conferences. We give pastors the tools they're already looking for. But I have gone twice, once in upstate New York in Tavia and uh, at Miami that you just mentioned in May when Reawaken America visited Trump Doral. And that was so cool, the, the one we had at Trump Doral. Because in addition to our mobile billboards, we also had a boat on the Miami River and in, in the Bay of Biscayne. And we reached out to a number of partners and groups you mentioned straight white American Jesus participating. We got endorsements and logos on the billboards and the boat from a number of different organizations and actual churches representing over 3 million people. 
So I'm holding up a petition that says, here are 30,000 people have posted this tour. But look behind me at these logos, 3 million people. The United Church of Christ has a whole denomination. We were hosted by an Episcopal church, a local parish for that press conference, but a representative from the Episcopal diocese came out. The head of the Florida Council of Churches was with us, representing all the mainland Protestant denominations in Florida. We also partnered with the councils of churches in New York State and Ohio State. Uh, we worked with Gamaliel, the big organizing network that has a million members there as well. Soldiers, Faith and Public Life, Built Common Good. Our most reliable partner has been, no surprise here, Christians Against Christian Nationalism, a project of the Baptist Joint Committee on Religious Liberty. Their executive director, Amanda Tyler, joined us in Miami, but she has joined many training calls with pastors ahead of their press conferences to help explain to them what Christian nationalism is. And they've sent me a copy of their petition to hold up along with the Faithful America petitions. So this is a movement, and it, and it shows what polls show, that white evangelical right-wing leaders and, and NAR leaders might be the most vocal, and maybe, just maybe, a majority of white Christians are pretty right-wing and pro-Trump, but a majority of Christians are not, especially when we include the black church traditions and other black and brown communities. But even among white Christianity, we are seeing, uh, according to PRRI data, you just talked to Rocky Jones, that mainline Protestants actually are about the same number now as white evangelicals, or, or certain, maybe even outnumbering them, depending on the poll is And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to raise up this witness that shows, no, when you say that you're either a Christian nationalist, you're godless globalist, you're bearing false witness. This is not what Jesus wants. Please, Jesus, offer us forgiveness, repent, and come back to faith, hope, love, truth, and peace. One of the things that I hear a lot as a professor when I talk and as somebody who's talking about Christian nationalism is, is hey, where's the, where's the religious left? Uh, and then, you know, where are the other kinds of Christians? And I'm like, they're there. They're often outspent. The, the billions of dollars are often flowing into the Reawaken America tour and other uh, right wing and Trumpist and Christian nationalist uh, initiatives and events and programs. But the, the religious left, the Christian left, they are both organizing and standing up. You know, I've interviewed uh, the head of the Unitarian Church. I've interviewed rabbis. I've interviewed so many re religious leaders, Christian and non-Christian, who are uh, not allowing this to just go unchecked in their communities. And so I think it's really great to hear you outline just how many times you all have protested, what you do on a local level, because ultimately what what matters in these cases in in many ways is what's happening locally with local leaders. And they know their communities, they know their people, they know the churches in the area and what's happening in those places. So it's really wonderful to hear the way that you all are uh, conducting these protests, these petitions and these vigils. Can you tell us how people can link up with Faithful America? There'll be people listening who are saying, hey, I'm not Christian. I appreciate what you're up to. That sounds great. But there's others that are probably are Christian and kind of saying, oh, well, these are kind of maybe the kind of Christians I want to be hanging around with and seeing what they're up to. So tell us about where they can find Faithful America. Absolutely. That's my favorite question. Uh, FaithfulAmerica.org. Faithful America is the largest online community of grassroots Christians putting our faith into action for love and social justice. We've been around since 2004, a number of different iterations. We work for refugee and immigrant rights, for uh, protecting the climate, for protecting God's creation. We work certainly for LGBTQ equality, not just in politics and society, but within the church. So the easiest way to join is to go to faithfulamerica.org and sign one of the petitions you see on the homepage. Our most recent petition uh, is actually nothing to do directly with Christian nationalism, 
uh, down in Texas at the Rio Grande, Governor Abbott has been running this horrible thing where, as we say, cruelty is the point. Operation Lone Star, pushing back migrants and asylum seekers coming legally to ask for legal asylum, breaking no laws, pushing them back into the river, uh, putting concertina wire and, and barbed buoys in the river to hurt people and uh, separating families when they do make it across. So we are petitioning the Department of Homeland Security to reunite the families the Governor Abbott is separating and to keep them together through their asylum process. Uh, the Department of Justice is already investigating Abbott, or that was going to be our, our petition. So to sign that, we know this, this is echoing the demands of partners on the ground in Texas, faith groups and secular groups. It's echoing demands from Congressman Castro and the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. So we launch petitions like that. We do follow them up with events where we can, but certain call alerts, social media actions, all the, the good, effective digital campaign tactics that were tried and true, as well as things that we've been talking about against the Reawaken America Tour. Something else on our homepage that might interest folks, if you click in the upper right corner, the words Christian nationalism, we've listed a number of great books and other resources, curricula you can use in your churches. Uh, most of the resources are designed by our friends at places like Vote Common Good or Christians Against Christian Nationalism, but we tried to bring them into one place. We've hosted a number of webinars ourselves with a lot of these partners, uh, including going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tony Perkins. You can rewatch those webinars on that page. Check out the recommended books, titles like Preparing for War by this random author named Bradley Arishi. Uh, so check out those resources, learn how to use them in your churches. Donate, uh, not to make too blatant a plug, but we don't have billionaire supporters. We're not Justice Thomas. We don't have Leonard Leo in our corner. We're actually entirely funded by grassroots donations. No foundations are billionaires at the moment. Average gift to Faithful America is 39 bucks. Uh, and yet, if, even if you're not a Christian, we do participate in interfaith tables and in interfaith missions, multi-faith coalitions, secular coalitions. And so if you appreciate our mission of taking on the Christian right from within its own faith, five bucks are, we're all in this together and we're all stronger when we're all strong. I was just down in Dallas and Fort Worth doing a, an event with the Metroplex Atheists. And uh, at the event, uh, we had uh, Dr. Katie Hayes, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes, I should say, from Disciples of Christ. And I bring that up only to say that sitting at the table were myself, uh, there were atheists on one side, Katie Hayes, uh, Christian minister on the other. And you know what we all wanted? We all wanted democracy. We all wanted equal rights for everyone. We all wanted the LGBTQ community to be protected. We all wanted migrants to be treated humanely. And so we weren't there to debate what is atheism, what is Christianity. We were there to say we we are for many of the same uh, things and we hold many of the same values. So we should be coalition partners. And I think Faithful America does a really good job at that. So with that, I'll say thank you, uh, Reverend Nathan Emsall, for joining me today. I uh, appreciate you. Appreciate all the the ways you're uh, you're organizing to fight back and organizing as a Christian to fight Christian nationalism and Christo fascism, as we've discussed. Uh, as always, friends, find us at Straight White JC. Find me at Bradley Onishi. Uh, uh, in our show notes, you'll find our merch. You'll find our website. You'll find our uh, ways to become a patron and uh, everything else that we're up to at Straight White American Jesus. We'll be back later this week with It's in the Code and the Weekly Roundup. But for now, I'll say thanks for listening. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.